Welcome to the God and Your Business podcast. I'm Dr. Una, your host, a Jesus lover and serial entrepreneur. Each week, we will unlock timeless secrets for business success from the Bible. Regardless of your faith, I invite you to join me on this journey with the only thing you'll need, a healthy dose of curiosity. And now for the episode. Well, hello, hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the God in Your Business podcast. Super pumped as always to be in your ears. And listen, if you haven't done this already, I want to ask you to do me a solid and share this episode with the entrepreneurs who are in your life, especially those who are people of faith. And so they can kind of learn about the bridge between their faith and their business, their relationship with God and their businesses, that they're not two separate things. They're one and the same, you know, so share it, share it. And and let me know you did. You can send me a PM, a DM. I am at Dr. Una Chukwu on Facebook and on Instagram. Okay. All right. So today I want to share about the seven marketing secrets of Jesus. And I'll give you a little bit of a backstory, how this all happened. My husband and I, we have this funny thing that we say that when you don't want to read your Bible, you end up reading all these marketing books and business books and they lead you back to the Bible. We just say that because we discover as we grow in our journey with God that so many things that apply to our everyday life are in the Bible. Like it's such a practical book. It's such, you know, it can be applied to multiple areas of your life. And of course it can be applied to business. And so one day I was thinking about it. I said, you know what? Jesus lived thousands of years ago and he had a mission and he had to let people know about his mission. And he did such a fantastic job with that, that over 2000 years later, his words are still being spread everywhere, right? The Bible is the number one best-selling book of all times. And I just thought about, I said, you know what? Let me read through the gospels and kind of get a feel for what Jesus did to promote his ministry, right? Because it's the same principles. I can use it. I can use those same principles to promote my business, right? Like what, how did he promote it? How did he make it a brand that, that like you feel Jerusalem, right? With your message. Like how did he do that? And I went through the book of Mark, Matthew, Luke, but I was reading through that lens. Like what did he do? to promote it. And I came up with seven things and they're not the only seven things, but these are the seven things that I came up with and I've applied them and they work. Of course they work. They're his principles. And I want to share them with you. And I want to implore you like from the beginning, listen to it, not just to be fascinated, but to also make the decision that, Hey, I'm going to take some of these and I'm going to run with them. Okay. All right. So let's get into them. So the first one is that Jesus launched his business with an influencer who had a large following from the very beginning, okay? And you're like, influencer? Yeah. Okay, so think about it, right? John the Baptist was Jesus' forerunner. He was the one who was out there, was doing ministry. He had crowds, plural, following him. And I always used to wonder about it. Why did the Bible say crowds and not crowd? Like I literally was like, what does that mean? But at the end of the day, a crowd is a large group of people. And crowds refer to multiple large groups of people, right? So John had the, these like a lo- large groups of people who were following him. And when Jesus came on the scene, he points at him and he's like, 
Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Like the Messiah you've been looking for, there he is. And the crowds follow Jesus, right? And so what is something that he did to make his ministry, right? And we're thinking of business, but make his ministry well-known and lots of people knew him and all of those things. Well, one of them was that he had an influencer, and you might be wondering, what does that have to do with me? Do I have to then go look for, you know, influencers on Instagram and stuff like that? Not necessarily. Not in that sense, but I want to show you what that does mean. What it means is that everybody who you're going to need to impact with your business already exists. At least the des- the, the decision maker already exists, right? Because you might be saying, well, my business, I cater to kids, Right. But the kids don't swipe the cards. The parents swipe the cards, right? And so the people who would use your business already exist, and they're already gathered in different places, right? Same way all the people Jesus would minister would need to minister to, at least the starting point of it, they were all following John, right? So your potential clients are already following somebody, right? They're already working with somebody. And the thing is, the more relationships you have, with people who have access to your ideal audience, the faster and bigger your business will grow. Now, does this mean, for instance, I'm a business coach for physician entrepreneurs. Does that mean I go look for people who are business coaches for physician entrepreneurs and try to take their people? No, that's not what that means. What that means is that you're going to go to people who have your audience, but what you do is congruent, right? Like, so you do something they don't do. For instance, I'm a business coach. There's someone who is a life coach who does no business coaching, right? However, there are people in that person's audience who are looking for a business coach. There are people in my audience who may be looking for a life coach. So do you see how our audiences, we can serve each other's audiences and you know if we if we build that relationship both our audiences will grow it's not that one diminishes and one gets bigger right and so i want you to think in those terms where is your audience already gathered right you want to start building relationships with the leaders of those groups and that way you have these people who because if they point at you and say behold the lamb of god i mean they're not going to call you the lamb of god but behold the business coach you should be using or this is a person who has this planner that you definitely need to be using for next year or whatever when they point at you it makes a huge difference because they're leading a large group of people or large groups of people okay so that's the first one the second one is that jesus spent 40 days in prayer and fasting to birth his business, okay? To birth his business, to generate the anointing for his business and all of that. And the older I get, the more fascinated I am by the fact that there are so many things that I was like, that's just for ministers and pastors and preachers. It doesn't, it's not really for business. Business is a secular thing that you do and nothing could be further from the truth, okay? Many times on this podcast, I've read Exodus 31, where God talks about anointing Bezalel, who was a craftsman. It says that he was filled with the spirit of God and God gave him, you know, expertise and great ability to be a craftsman, right? Not to preach, not to teach, not to heal the sick, but to be a craftsman. And so when you hear this, I don't want you to say, oh, well, that's for ministry. No, that's for business too. And so he spent 40 days in prayer and fasting. And if you read it, so this account is in Luke chapter four, but if you read it, it says, oh, that Jesus was led by the spirit right into the wilderness. And there he prayed and he fasted and he was tempted by the devil and all of that. And when he was done, it says that he was full of 
power, right? So he came in full of the spirit, left full of power. And the Bible then says that the fame of him, the, the news about him spread abroad, spread everywhere. The fame of him spread abroad. And so in the same way, as entrepreneurs, there is a place for us to pray. There is a place for us to fast. There is a place for us to wait on God for the ability that we need to do the business and all of those things. It doesn't mean we don't do the natural things, but remember we're supernatural. So we do the super, we do the natural, right? And so prayer, fasting, and after that, what the Bible says is the news of him spread abroad. And when we do that piece as well, then we're engaging the supernatural to kind of lead to the promotion and, and spread of our businesses and all of those. So you can find that in Luke chapter four, the part of his fame spreading abroad, that's fourteen verse four, verses 14 and 15. You can look at those. So don't remove prayer fasting. It has a place in business. Yes, it does. Okay. Number three, he used a team and that was his disciples in a win-win type of relationship, right? And so he mentored them, he taught them, he fed them, he did all those things, but he sent them out. And so if you read Matthew 10, it says he got his disciples and then he sent them out, that they would go preach. He gave them authority to cast out devils, to heal, to do all of those things. And this right here is a marker that one is too small a number for greatness. If you are a perfectionist or something like that, it's kind of like, well, I don't want to Nobody can do it like me. I don't want to have somebody else do it and all of that. But if you're going to build something that is big, if you're going to build something that has a lot of impact, then you are going to be a person who is open to having people help. You're going to be someone who's, who realizes that one of your main responsibilities is to build a team. No matter how powerful the ministry of Jesus was while he was here, there's so much. Think about his miracles, feeding of the 5,000. He didn't do it. I mean, he he did it in the sense that he blessed it, he prayed, he did all of that. And then he handed it to the disciples, but the disciples are the ones, ones who gave it to the people, right? And so we need a team. And Jesus had a team and he sent them out and he'll send them to preach and teach and do all the things that he would do, right? And so that's number three. Number four, Jesus was outside his church. So in our case, AKA, our businesses, he was he was outside the church a lot, and he spoke a lot. He was outside the church speaking, spreading his message, being an evangelist, and all of those things. And so if you look at Matthew 9, around verse 35, you'll see where it talks about Jesus going to all the towns and all the villages and preaching in all the synagogues, right? Like he was outside in the town. He was speaking in different synagogues. He was out there speaking. You know, so when you think about in our time, it has a fancy name. It's called content creation, right? And so that means we are the people who, to grow our businesses, will speak on stages. It means that we would do live streams, whether that's Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. We're out there speaking, right? We're speaking in, in, in groups. We're speaking off, off stage, on stage. We're doing all of that. Jesus did that a lot. And so for me, when I think about it, I'm like, if the sinless son of God, had to go and really put in the reps and put in the hours and, and put out his message, we're not going to escape that, right? Like we're, we're just not. Okay. So, so that's, that's one that you want to think about. That's one you want to adopt. Jesus created a lot of content, a lot of content. Okay. So that's number four. Number five, number five, he focused on getting great results, AKA miracles for his quote unquote clients, Right. And they ran and, and told everybody about it, right? And so he everywhere he went, there are miracles, healing, 
raising people from the dead, word of knowledge, like you did with the woman of Samaria. Like, you know, you have five husbands. Like, how did you know I have five husbands and things like that? And in the same way in our businesses, one of the, you know, an area of focus for us would be getting results for our clients. That is something to obsess over. Now, not a pathologic kind of obsession, but that is something you want to have at the forefront of your mind. How can I get them results? How can I get them bigger results? How can I get them bigger results, faster, better, cheaper? How can I help them up level? How can I help them have the paradigm shift? How can I do that? Right? Because the more results they have, the more they will spread the word. Okay. That's number five. Number six. Now, even though he gave miracles and some of them went like the woman of Samaria, I mean, once he was done talking to her, she went into the villages and brought all the people like, come see a man who told me what I, you know, what all the things I've ever done. But he did not always depend on them to do that. Jesus, so this is number six, he constantly asked people to share what he had done in their lives, constantly. Okay, so the woman with the issue of blood. Now let's talk about that. Okay. So the woman with the issue of blood, if you've never read the story, she had been bleeding for 12 years. She had been to all the doctors. She didn't get any better. And she had heard about Jesus. And so she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. So that was her decision. Okay. Jesus had nothing to do with this. He was just like, if I could just touch. And in those days, if a woman was bleeding and stuff, she wasn't supposed to be around people. She was considered unclean, if you will. And she wasn't supposed to be around people and things like that. And so she was not about to talk about that. Okay. And she went into the crowd and worked her way through, you know, and when you think about it, it's mind blowing, like bleeding for 12 years, she was probably anemic. She was probably weak. And she was a woman and she was trying to run through a crowd and tons of men and stuff like that. But anyway, she got to Jesus, got to his hem, touched his hem, got healed. And then Jesus says, who touched me? And then, you know, the way my husband tells the story, he's like, and then Peter is like, uh, Jesus, everybody is touching you. Like, here are the people hugging you. Here are the people taking selfies with you, you know, <laughs> doing all the things. Like, there's a crowd thronging you. Like, what do you mean who touched me? But Jesus knew that virtue had left him and says, who touched me? And so the question I have for you is, do you really think he didn't know who touched him? Like, did he not know? I think he knew right? But he wanted a woman to share her story. And so the woman shares her story. She shares what he did, right? That's how she heard about him in the first place. She heard of some of the miracles that he did. And the madman of Gadara that God, that Jesus healed. And it was like, man, I want to follow you everywhere. He says, no, don't follow me. Go tell everybody what I've done for you, right? And that was a city where initially when he came, they were like, you have to leave. But the next time when he came, the crowds gathered, so he constantly asked people to share what he'd done. And in our business is the same thing. Do we have a way for routinely asking people for reviews? Do we have a way of capturing case studies? Do we have a way of interviewing our clients in a in a live like a Facebook live or or in a podcast or things like that so they can tell the world? Are we facilitating that? Because Jesus did that. And then number seven is really, 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 really important. And it's that he focused on the people who wanted his message. He focused on the people who wanted his message. And so with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all these people, he did not try at all to reach them. They didn't want it, right? And he went after the people who wanted it. And he went after them 
relentlessly, like in a good way, but he was like, he was available to them. He taught them, he prayed for them, he healed them, he fed them, he did all the things, but he focused on the people who wanted what he had and didn't worry about the people who didn't. And so for us, sometimes when we hear no, it's almost too much to take. And sometimes that's why we don't market because we're like, you know, what if people say no? What if people don't like it? Da, 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 da. But the way I've adopted this in my business is there are people who have a pain that my business fixes, okay? They have a pain that my business will fix and they want a solution and they're ready to pay for a solution. And when I go out to speak, when I go out to market, when I'm posting on social media, when I'm sending out the emails and all of that, I am trying to reach that person. I am not trying to reach the person who doesn't want what I do. Right. And so my focus is on that person. How can I reach them? How can I help them overcome the limiting beliefs that are stopping them from making a decision that will turn their lives around? How can I show them what is possible if they say yes? How can I'm focused? How can I serve them even though they're not my clients yet? I do that with, you know, my my business podcast. So that's an Entree MD podcast. I do it with that podcast where I'm I'm showing them how they can get rid of money drama, how they can get good at selling, how they can charge right for their services, how they can dominate on stage, how they can network like pros. I'm doing all of that. I'm serving them, right? And so that is a thought that will help you market like a champion because you're not worried about the no. Because of course there's going to be a no. I mean, like, think about it. All right, we're going on 8 billion people in the in the universe, in the in the world. If 8 billion people said yes to you, what are you going to do with them? What are you going to do with 8 billion clients? You don't need everybody to say yes, right? You need your people to say yes. That's it. And he focused on them and he did not change his message to suit them. So maybe they'll know he stayed true to who he was and he went after those he was called to, okay? So if you think about it, those are seven strategies Jesus used them and they worked and his marketing is still going on strong, even though nobody, not even their great, 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 great grandchildren are still alive. Nobody from his time, right? But still, okay. And so if you apply these to your business, then you start creating the God kind of results. Now I have applied these in my business and in one of my businesses, so EntreMD, where I help doctors build six and seven figure businesses, I've applied this and have built a brand that is so much bigger than I ever thought it could be and is going on its way to be even a lot bigger than that. Okay. I applied, I applied the same thing, working with what influencers. So when I say influencers, not just like Instagram influencers, but people who have access to my audience, the prayer and the fasting, working through a team, tons and tons of speaking. I think I spoke four times on four different stages last month and I'm doing the same thing this month. And I really do focus on getting my people results. In fact, we have a retreat that's coming up. And the whole idea behind that retreat is I want to help them to have to experience quantum leaps, right? Like not get a little better, right? Not better, but radically different. That's what I'm, what I'm shooting for. So I've, I've done that. I constantly ask people to share the difference that our business has made in their lives. I would interview them on my podcast. I would do, you know, Facebook lives with them and things like that. And really, I, I focus on the people who want what I have. There are many people who don't, don't have a need for it or don't believe in it or whatever. And that's okay. 
but there are people who need it and want it and don't know about it. And my job is to find them and let them know, hey, it's here, right? And so I want you to apply this. This is one of these episodes that you bookmark. You definitely want to share it, but you bookmark it. You go back, you workshop it, you 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 make decisions, you decide this is how I'm going to implement it. So that's what I'm going to ask you to do, right? Like take the time to say, okay, of these seven things, can I apply all seven now? Or can I apply three? Can I start from there? But whatever you do, pick something, right? That you're going to start with. And I can't wait because when you apply this, right? When you apply this, the thing with principles is like gravity, like what goes up comes down and things like that. The things that Jesus would do, those are timeless principles, right? Like think about something he did thousands of years ago, and it's 100% relevant to your business right now. So apply them because they work and apply them relentlessly, apply them in high volume and watch and see what God will do with your business. Now, when it starts happening, please send me a PM and let me know. I'll be so excited to hear about it. I'd love to celebrate it with you. And I'm rooting for you. God wants to see you thrive as an entrepreneur. And you know he's put all the clues in his book. So I'm so grateful he unlocked these ones for us to see. And we'll continue to, to go at it. And we're going to become everything he called us to be, even in the business world. So thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. And I will see you on the next episode of the God in Your Business podcast. You've been listening to the God in Your Business podcast. If anything you've ever heard on this podcast has helped you, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. It really helps us get the word out. Thank you so much. And remember, you are not alone in business. You're doing business with God, the smartest being in the universe. See you next week.